us, your friends at Screened on the Spot. We still exist. We're long still time here. no here. Long, t- long time no listen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris is here. Justin's Yay. here. It's me, Sarah. Hello. We have to. I feel like we have to reintroduce ourselves. I know people probably forgot. They're going to be so surprised when the episode pops up on their downloads for yeah. a few people that have subscribed. Like, <laughs> like oh, yeah. what is this? When, when did I subscribe to this one? Yeah. I'm, I think they remember these people. Yeah. Justin's got that nasally voice. Chris has yeah. those bad opinions and Sarah doesn't like anything. <laughs> That's a perfect way to describe us. That should be in our uh, bio. Yeah. <laughs> that should be our bio. That's funny. So yeah, I don't know if you're new here or if you just don't remember us. Uh, we talk about movies and we talk about TV stuff. Occasionally we get off topic and just... And just talk about stuff. Talk about nonsense. Yeah. Uh, I think it's entertaining though. Um, Justin writes notes on a whiteboard that you can't yeah. see. Justin told us right before we started recording that he switched his shirt because it's very hot outside. <laughs> I was out. I went for a jog before we had our meeting. And so I got really sweaty. He exercises outside. It's crazy. I exercise, I watch movies. That's about it. You're a better person than me. I don't exercise and I've been eating ice cream more and I watch TV, so. (laughs) Wait, did you eat an ice cream bar in the morning? No, oh. <laughs> you can. You're grown up. It's like, oh, is that that's true? I've never had ice cream for breakfast. I've had potato chips for breakfast one time. Huh. Interesting. Anyways, <laughs> as cool as that is, uh, <laughs> we have not podcasted since probably the Oscars or like the week before the Oscars. So it's been several months. So we have a lot of things to say um, in the world of movies and television. There's been actually quite a few movies have been released. Um, people are getting more comfortable going to the theaters. I myself went and saw Quiet Place 2. So that was technically my second movie back. I did see Freaky uh, last year. But I saw Quiet Place 2 in the theaters. And, and it's all the same. Nothing's changed. There's still... Annoying people who get up 10 times in your row and go to the bathroom. There's still the popcorn that tastes kind of stale and the buttery substance that goes on top. And the 20 minutes of previews. The previews are all there, except they're worse now because there's not as many movies being released. Um, So I feel like they're really stretching to find movies to preview. (laughs) But um, yeah, John Krasinski, he's still there. He's still... Directing movies, Emily Blunt still acting. Yeah, good for them. The world goes on. I'm glad that you liked that freaky movie because I bought it because you said it was good because I figured when Sarah said the movie's good, then it must be great. I really don't remember how I felt about that movie. It's been so long. (laughs) If I liked it, I liked it, but I don't remember anything about it now. So (laughs) that's how much it stuck with me. Quiet Place 2 was okay. That's my review. It was okay. okay. I did I have, not like it nearly as much as the first one. And it was I very short. Seen, I haven't seen it, but I have like issues with it, even though I haven't seen it. And a lot of that is because of like how the movie, the first movie ended and then how this one proceeds. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of this is because like I listened to it. I knew I wasn't going to go see it anytime soon. So I listened to like a summary. Uh, this podcast was doing like a summary of it. And I was just like, I don't, I don't like this. It's like the movie ended with Emily Blunt cocking a shotgun and being a badass. And then, but the movie doesn't seem to follow that path. The, it follows more like, oh, we don't have John Krasinski anymore. We need to go find another man to protect us. And I don't know. Kind of. I feel like the goal was to kind of pass it on to the second generation with the kids. So it's more centered you're talking about Cillian Murphy's character. So Cillian Murphy is in the movie. He does help, but they kind of like split up into groups. And then it's like kind of each kid is the focus. So it's not so much him. Sure. Um, But yeah, Emily doesn't get a lot of like that badass play. Um, It's kind of the kids, but I mean, I think you'd like it. It's short. It's a short film, shorter than I would have liked it to be, but yeah. It's, it's, 
it was entertaining. It's not nearly as good as the first one, though. But what have you guys been to the theaters yet? The theater? I saw Nobody a few weeks. I guess it's been a while now, but it was still after we recorded our podcast. So, um, was in the theater or the movie? The movie I saw. I mean, I also see Nobody, um, but yes, I saw the movie Nobody, uh, which was a lot of fun. It's like lesser John Wick. It's got great action sequences. Bob Odenkirk is good at the fighting or the all of the like action and stuff was really well done and good for him um my only problem is like the kind of the catalyst of the story it was just a you know we see a lot of these like middle-aged do middle-aged white guys beating people up with no reaper with no repercussions um like fight club yeah like fight club i guess but this one is a lot more like he puts people in the hospital or like kills people you know which like I realize, I guess that's also John Wick, but he's also part of this like hidden uh, organization or whatever, right? But this is just like a guy who has had enough and just beats up a bunch of people on a bus and we don't get the impression that they're bad people. They have to explain to us later that they're bad people. But in the moment, it's like, well, he has no way of knowing these dudes are that bad, Like, but he's just beating the crap out of them. And then it's we're supposed to be okay with it. And But after that, getting over that, it's really fun. Good for Bob Odenkirk. How was your first theater experience back in? Same old. Like I got popcorn and it was really stale. I was kind of disappointed because it was the first movie of the day because I went to a matinee. So I was like, why is this popcorn stale already? Did Was it from last night? Yes. Like, no, happening? it's from last year. They literally just left the popcorn <laughs> in there right. from when people disappeared out of the theater. Yeah. So they're like, oh, we'll just reheat it. It'll, it must be. They'll come yeah. back. So that was kind of a bummer. But at the same time, I loved it. I mean, it was stale and not very good, but I enjoyed it. And um, you know, it took a long time for the movie to get going. You know, I never understood why when you go to a movie at like AMC, for example, they have to do a big thing for a big, uh, like two or three minutes promoting AMC. It's like, we're here. Mm-hmm. We're here already. Yeah. It's like, you're not showing a trailer for the movie I'm watching. Why are you promoting the theater that I'm in already? I've True. given you my money. They want you to come back, I guess. I guess I don't get it. But anyways, but maybe if they just didn't have stale popcorn, you'd be more inclined to come back. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> maybe. I was really, I wanted to go to Screenland and they didn't have times early enough. They, they're, all their show times are still later. So I just wasn't able to, I wasn't able to go to them. Um, but yeah, it was cool. It was nice to be back. Chris, what I, about you? I have not been to the movies. Uh, so how long has it been? It's been since before the pandemic, right? No. So the, yeah, the last movie that I saw in theaters is crazy to think about. It's still the invisible man. That was the last Uh, one. Which was like two weeks, I think before the pandemic was like Uh, March something early March. I think. Yeah. And then at that point I was like, Oh, it's going to be nominated for Oscars because it's the only movie that came out. (laughs) Uh, But uh, yeah, I mean, and it was, it was, I I think we got popcorn. (laughs) To do what my my grandpa always did as a kid, and I always got so embarrassed. He would stand there and he would like tell the people, "No, I need to see it like come out of the." Oh uh, yeah. And then he would say, "Scoop it! I don't want any of those." You know that they sit out. He would be like, "No, I'm waiting for some," and then he would you know make sure it was like right out of the pot. When I worked at AMC, that was a nightmare because if we were really really busy, there was always a guy. Like it doesn't matter how long the lines are or how busy you are, there is a guy or woman or whoever who will do that it will say no i want you to pop fresh popcorn and the thing just popped it doesn't matter if it just popped we can tell him no i promise it just popped we just filled these bags no i want to see it mm. and then that was him yeah i didn't i didn't know you could do that i recently learned you can also do that at mcdonald's and say i would like fresh fries like hot oh. off the thing i'm like so you can force these poor workers to like make new fries for you do you want fresh fries Apparently you can. I don't know. I've never done it. I never like would. A, well, that's that's a retail thing. It's the customer is always right. Retail thing, right? Sure, that but like, right. wouldn't you just be like, oh, I made them. Here you go. I guess if you're on a drive-thru, if you're standing in line, you could watch them do it. But I would never be that person. Like, I would never oh. want to make people do more work than necessary <laughs> just because I want something fresh. Justin, tell us your worst uh, experience or your worst story working at AMC. Oh, 
Jeez, I don't even know. I was like, I was 23 at the time and walked and worked with a bunch of 15 and 16 year olds. So just that in general was terrible. Cause like, I couldn't talk to these, I couldn't relate to these kids. They were talking about their problems with school or boys or whatever. And I was like, yeah, cool. I'm about to be married. And <laughs> yeah, 23 years old. I can't talk and relate to these problems. I don't know. We used to find funny things. Like I found somebody snuck like a bottle of wine and was drinking wine in a theater. So it's mostly the, the funny stuff is like what we would find in the theater or like, bags of mcdonald's food or something like uh i've done mini, both those things bottles. yeah i've done all those things yeah um besides that i don't know i don't really have any horrible customer stories i've like I, there was a bad manager there at the time he was really scary and would threaten with violence but oh, um was he that's what i never get is like the really old people that are working at the movie theaters like like when i was at blockbuster our manager was like 50 working with a bunch of high schoolers it was kind of well, he's a manager i guess then but there were also high but schoolers who were managers. managers who were like 20 as i'm saying there was also yeah, managers who say, like, high schoolers so. yeah uh yeah i don't know uh, i saw of course now i can't find it um someone shared on facebook if it's true um it was a horrible photo of they were going off it looked like it was it had to have been from a worker at amc and and, and i'm assuming it's local because uh the person who shared it which again i can't find it now um it was a photo of pictures of someone who rented a movie theater at amc and it was horrifying they had like thrown drinks on the walls they like all the seats were covered in pop uh, there was, it was almost like they had like a big brawl of popcorn was like bags porn everywhere. And it was like someone who clearly was like, I can't like, they're going to have to deep clean the theater and it's not going to be usable. Like it, things were ripped and torn down. Was it, it was, Bob, I wonder if it was a bunch of kids. Or was it Bob, Bob Odenkirk? Maybe he got mad. Yeah. Bob Odenkirk threw a fit. <laughs> yeah. The kids movies were always the worst to clean up because it was, because it's dark in there. Like your parents, parents can only do so much. Kids are throwing and dropping popcorn, dropping food. That's sad. That's I, some <clears throat> we should totally rent out a movie theater while that's still a thing. Cause pretty yeah. soon it's not going to be a thing. I think it's only like a hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah. For certain. It's like for new movies, it's 200, but if it's a move, like a movie that's been out for a while or with Screenland, you can bring your own and then it's cheaper. What would we see? Oh, I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> I feel like there's movies coming out soon. Fast and Furious is coming out. Nine. Yeah, Fast, and Fast and Furious is nine. Yeah. There's nine of them. Well, ten if you count the Hobbs and Shaw movie. T okay. Yes. Yeah. I I I think I stopped at one. <laughs> I I haven't seen eight. It's the only one I haven't seen. So the last one I have not seen. Hobbs and Shaw is fun. Most of them, they're fine, but I don't really like rewatch them. I tried to rewatch the fifth and sixth one recently, and I just had to watch it in chunks because I was just like, I don't know, I just couldn't really get into it. They're really repetitive, you know? Like, and I mean, like Corona. at this point, are they just kind of trolling us to see how far they can get, like how many yeah. sequels they can make? Like, we're just well, going to keep making them. Well, they're supposed to stop. Supposedly, they're stopping at 10. Like, the, the next Fast and Furious movie is supposed to be the last one, but I'm sure they'll do more spinoffs or something oh they'll just do a new cast like my or new cast my guess is like 10 will be the end of this cast and then diesel's career will finally be over but uh they'll just restart with like vin diesel's kid or something yeah oh yeah does he have a kid in the movies i don't even know i think that in this in the trailer i think he did but i'm not sure there's like a little kid they're playing with i guess it could be paul walker's character's kid though but yeah. either way yeah, I, I stopped like like Fast Five. I really enjoyed uh, the original, of course. I enjoyed. I think all those in between were stupid, and then <laughs> it got and then Michelle Rodriguez's character supposedly came back, and that was it. Fast, and so there's the Fast, the Fast and the Furious. I think was the original. Then they did that. The fourth one I want to say was Fast and Furious. Yeah, so that's already confusing. The the is basically what is the difference, right? And then. Um, uh, and I remember they're like going through a tunnel and it was so stupid and then fast five came out and then it felt like that changed the dynamic of it, it was like, now they're going to like be like heist movies, like pure heist movies. And, 
And then that was, and I liked that one. And then I, I stopped at, it was either, it may have been the sixth one or the, the last Paul Walker one. And then Toretto or um, Vin Diesel has a big brawl with the rock and he like uh, gets trapped, or like, like flies in the air. And his, his car is like, clearly like he should be dead. And he's yeah. still I think he's dead. And he's like, Oh, I'm still alive. I'm like, this is ridiculous. He just flew off a skyscraper. Yeah. Well, you, you have to give credit to these movies that like, so the second one, I mean, the first one is, is really fun, but it's essentially just point break, right? The second one is fun, but not very good. And then the third one's bad. And they like kind of turn it around with the fourth one, the fourth one, which is mediocre, uh, but brought Vin Diesel back and Paul Walker back. And then the fifth one took it to that heist, just ridiculous action thing. And now these movies are some of the biggest movies in the world. Like the seventh one is like one of the all time highest grossing movies. It's like made billions of dollars. Uh, it's sort of like mission impossible. Like how that franchise just like went, it was like going downhill and then suddenly they were able to bring it back. And now, now it's huge. So give, give credit to that franchise for that. But, but yeah, the physics don't make sense. <laughs> Even in the trailer for the new one, like Paul Walker or sorry, not Paul Walker, but like Vin Diesel is jumping all whatever and falling all these. And I'm like, okay, he's like dust now. He shouldn't be walking and, uh, around driving cars in, into space apparently or <laughs> or um uh, uh ludicrous's character right is going into space or something i don't i'm i don't know we'll see now i am so sold that we need to rent a theater and i'm not just because i haven't seen eight of them just go see f9 with a, a bunch of people wouldn't that yeah. be fun that would be yeah, so fun it would be I mean, I look, I, I give them credit too. I mean, they're not like stopping it. Like they're getting big people to, to do these movies now. Like I think it's awesome that John Cena is in this movie. And then I don't know if the rock is in, I don't think he's in them anymore. He's probably over it, but like, no, he's, he's, he's spun off. He's, no, but they he's got Charlize Theron. Like how the heck is she in the, she's in yeah. several of them. Helen Mirren. So yeah. I'm like, what? I mean, I give them credit for spending the money and getting, decent people um and i always like john cena and everything he does so hey whatever okay well it's a date we're renting a theater we're gonna just go i can't say that phrase in this podcast but blank to the wall on some f9 (laughs) in a theater all right i guess i should rent the. maybe i'll rent the eighth no don't let's just go into a blind just (laughs) No okay. idea what's going on because the plot doesn't matter. We're just going to go see a really funny, cool action movie for the heck of it because okay. we can't. Yeah. Justin, you, I should have asked your opinion on this uh, because you probably know what kind of popcorn they serve. But we got a uh, when the pandemic hit, we got one of those popcorn machines uh, and we were like, well, I we put the, the kernels in it and still didn't taste like movie theater popcorn. And then we found uh, my wife did some research on Instagram and Pinterest, and apparently people have this. Uh, there's like this one package that you can get, I think, on Amazon that's supposed to taste like movie theater popcorn, and it tastes close. But I want to know. I'm assuming that that's like they made you sign a waiver that says you can't tell people uh, the recipe for the popcorn at movies, or I don't like. Did those come in just packages that you just threw in? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know the brand. I know that they spend very, very little money on the popcorn though. And so that's where they make a lot of profit off of it. It's like super cheap uh, popcorn kernels, but there's like all the oil and butter and stuff that goes into it. I don't know. I, I really don't know the brand and everything. I was like wondering how people like keep stuff secrets. Like what is the secret to McDonald's burgers? What is the secret to AMC's popcorn? I'm sure people are out there. It's probably just like, yeah, like a bulk thing that they buy, like yeah. from our, from our restaurant group or something. Hmm. Okay. Let's talk <laughs> about some other things. Uh, so we've had a couple movie announcements come out since our last podcast. One that I'm intrigued by and excited by is David O. Russell's new film, which I don't know much about except the fact that everybody is in it. Um, it's got Christian Bale, obviously, because he loves working with Christian Bale, John David Washington, Margot Robbie, uh, Rami Malek, Anya Taylor-Joy, Michael Shannon, Zoe Saldana, Mike Myers, Chris Rock, Robert De Niro and Taylor Swift. What the heck? I have so no bad. idea. So random. Uh, yeah, 
Good. The last movie That's... he did was Joy in 2015. Right. So it's been a while since we've uh, had a. He, I mean, he was like making films left and right there for a while. Yeah. He was on fire there for a while. I really like Silver Linings Playbook and The mm-hmm. Fighter's okay. Um, I like American, American Hustle, Hustle. Although I haven't seen it in theaters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, he was on a roll there for a while. I mean, it might have just been because the internet kind of came out against him. So maybe he was taking, taking some time to figure his stuff out. I think that's my weirdest. Like it's a, such a great cast, but like, I don't see how Taylor Swift can be so outspoken about things on the internet and then do a David O. Russell movie. That's just insane. I have like, there's no way nobody told her, Hey, by the way, he's a problem. He's really famous for like being really abusive and like assaulting uh, his transgender niece or whatever. Like, it just seems insane to me. So I don't know. I like, it's like, I'm not surprised, I guess, that he's still making movies, but more surprised that some of these people would be in his movie. But well, and he hasn't really apologized man. for any of that stuff either, right? Like, I don't remember him don't ever making so. a statement about that and like trying to make that situation better. But yeah, you are right. It is kind of, I mean, you kind of said it, like, how has he not been, I don't want to say canceled, but at least had problems right. in his career like it doesn't seem like he's had any issues like making whatever movies he wants with whoever he wants to so um yeah i i kind of almost forgot i remember the one video of him like yelling at bail i think but i don't think i knew the rest of that stuff so there, yeah he was uh, screaming at lily tomlin in a movie and then there was a on the set of three kings he was like a like screaming at extras and george clooney stepped in and like punched him or something yeah. and so, like, so george clooney vowed to never work with him again true um i don't know maybe he's changed you know i don't know <laughs> he, well, maybe he there's is. maybe some producers were like hey don't worry we're gonna keep an eye on this i don't know possibly yeah interesting but that's well, an insane cast it reminds me of uh so adam mckay's new movie that comes out later this year Mm-hmm. Uh, which has like Leo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Jonah Hill, Chris Evans. Um, it's like Timothy Chalamet in that one. I think maybe it just seems like there's like an insane cast in that one too. It's like good for them for being able to afford all these people. Mm-hmm. However, you know, uh, I love big ensemble cast movies. Yeah. I just, I'm up. I'm, I like seeing all those people like in the same movie working together. It's, it's neat. Yeah, it's it's cool. I'm a I'm a big uh, Ro- uh, Robert Altman fan, and that's kind of what his like his thing was. Like Nashville is this huge cast of people, like Lily Tomlin and uh, Ned Beatty, and all these like pretty famous people at the time. And um, it's always I, I love stuff like that where they can weave these so many people in and out, or Big Short even. You know, Big Short's a good example. Mm-hmm. Adam McKay did. Uh, yeah, that's kind of where my mind went with the new um, Adam McKay. I was like, oh, it's going to be kind of like a another movie in that style like he did that with the dick cheney one and then uh the big short so i don't know uh yeah i i always love movies with a big cast uh and uh on that same note uh steven Soderbergh's new movie no sudden move comes out uh i believe it's july 1st on HBO Max so soon. And oh, they didn't, I looked on IMDb, so hopefully this isn't a spoiler, but it looks like Matt Damon's in it too. <laughs> so Benicio Del Toro, Matt Damon, Don Cheadle, Julia Fox from Uncut Gems, Ray Liotta, Kieran Culkin, John Hamm, um, Brendan Fraser, David Harbour, and uh, yeah, that's a, a heck of a cast too. That's another that's excellent, yeah. Man, uh, Brendan Fraser. Pretty, Brendan Fraser, yeah, I love uh, this wave of Brendan Fraser love. Me uh, too. Soderbergh is a good, he's good at assembling these, you know, big cast, like obviously the Oceans movies and mm-hmm. even the the laundromat that came out a couple of years ago had a pretty big cast. Uh, but yeah, this this I'm pretty excited about. I don't feel like, like I've enjoyed one of his movies in a while. I uh-huh. really did enjoy watching The Nick, which I thought was an awesome TV show. So after watching that, I was like, okay, he's still, you know, that was a few years ago, but still I was like, sure. okay, like good job, Stephen Soderbergh. Yeah. I didn't he's, even, uh, oh, oh, no, I was going to say, I didn't even realize either that uh, Don Cheadle and Benicio Del Toro were in traffic when he dropped and won that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's so. what I was going to say that I, I love is because I, uh, I love Don, I, Don Cheadle is like, 
I know he's not underrated, but I feel like he's still underrated. Like he's one of those guys that should just be leading every, everything he should be everywhere. Um, but, uh, him and Benicio del Toro leading this movie is kind of what's exciting. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I liked Let Them All Talk was pretty good. I thought the laundromat was kind of underrated. Like I don't really, under, I never really understood entirely why that movie was as disliked as it was, but um, yeah, I'm excited. Plus I can watch it at home and that's a bonus. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, what was it? I even liked, uh, I didn't have a problem with, um, oh, the one, oh boy. Logan Lucky? I love Logan Lucky. Yeah, Logan Lucky was fine. And then uh, that uh, unsane. Un- I didn't hate oh. that. Sarah, I know you were, had a huge problem with that because the cell phone. I know. I didn't even see it though. So maybe it was fine, but I just, uh, it wasn't, just, it was so gimmicky. Like at the time, I just didn't understand why, why you would do that. <laughs> it's, it's almost like the same theory that I think we talked about with Christopher Nolan to me with his movies. It's, it's like his, his, worst movie is still better than most people's movies so like unsane may have been on the lower end of his movies but it's still a better thriller uh and mystery than than most that i've seen so i'll Plus, give it to that's you. claire foy right she's great yeah, yeah so i i enjoyed it um and then uh and then of course you know i i actually like the uh, first magic mike that he directed I always get this argument with people. People are like, why do you want to watch Magic Mike so much? I've probably seen it 10 times. I just think it's a great movie. You love that movie. It's fine. And the way it's shot, like he does something cool with the colors. It's like, you know, like Fincher and and his framing. It's very yellow. It's a very yellow movie. Kind of dusky looking. He does this like sometimes off-center framing. Oh, oh, duh. The uh, freaking... Oh, the movie with uh, Jude Law and... Side effects. Side effects. I love that movie. Yeah, side effects is good. I I never saw Magic Mike, but I also just don't like Channing Tatum. So when he's leading a movie, it's hard for me to, you know... I know. You you have a thing against Channing Tatum. I thought Logan Lucky was fine. I Probably the last one that I was like, oh, it's such a good movie was Contagion. And that was like 2011. Contagion's Um, good. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. I, I don't know if I had told you guys. We we rewatched that. It's probably six months ago. I, yeah. I, so same. Same. I watched it last year during the the height of the. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, was, it was pretty crazy how realistic. So realistic. Well, I mean, like I, it was meant to be. Like he consulted with, you know, infectious disease experts and stuff on that movie. So. Yeah, it still holds up for sure. It's ten yeah, years. Sure. Ten years ago. You know, they say, I, and we haven't talked about this, I thought they said it was, like, in the top five on, I don't know if it was, like, Apple. or, or Number TV. one, I think. Uh, number Yeah, and, like, how can a movie that was however long or however old go to the top of this list? So that's pretty cool that yeah. people were really watching mm-hmm. it. Um, so we had a couple movies come out in the last week, a couple of weeks, I guess, Neither of us, none of us have seen Cruella yet, correct? Right. I've heard it's really good. Um, I'm excited to see it. I'm just still waiting for that um, to come out for off the not high tier Disney Plus, whatever they call that. So what is what is this high tier? Because I was I was confused. I think Justin, when you pointed that, because you oh, it's like a it's a you have to pay a premium price. Like we did this with Ryan the Last Dragon came out, but it's thirty dollars. And then you just get the movie. The, the bonus is that you just get the movie on Disney Plus. It's not a limited thing, as opposed to some movies when they do the on demand, it's 20 bucks and you only get it for the weekend. Yeah. For Disney, it's 30 bucks and you get it. But like with uh, Cruella and Mulan, we were like, ah, let's just wait because eventually it will be free on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it so seems like have- Black, Black Widow is going to be that way, but I don't think we're going to do it for Black Widow. I think we're going to try to go see it in theaters. So is uh is this service like it's different than let's say with nobody? Okay, I could I could pay twenty dollars on Voodoo or Fandango now or any of those services and and maybe even Amazon Prime and pay twenty dollars to rent it. Yeah. And I'm not paying like if I did like Voodoo or something, then I'm not paying a service fee on top of that to get it. With Disney, 
you have to still have the $15 or I'm sorry, whatever it is, the $10, you still have to pay that. And so if I'm, if I don't have it, then I have to pay $38 just to watch. Well, you would have to do a trial of Disney plus, I guess, and then pay the $30. Yeah. You, you have to have the Disney plus. uh, But once your trial is over, then yeah. Do you lose it until you, I would assume you lose it. Yeah. Yeah. I would assume you only have it while you have a subscription. If you don't lose it or use it, then you lose it. Yeah. (laughs) If you don't use it, you You lose it. There you go. Don't use it. Uh, They greenlit a sequel to Cruella though. It's been a fairly decent hit, I think. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's got a lot of buzz. I'm actually looking forward to finally watching that when, when I can. Um, but also in the Heights came out on HBO max, uh, last weekend and I watched it and I loved it. I thought it was really, really well done. Um, definitely hard. Like when you, I bootlegged that show because <laughs> I can't wait to see shows. I'm not, not going to be going to New York soon. And I like to see the Broadway cast doing it. So I always try to find like the guy in the theater who's recorded it and drawn it online somewhere so a while ago I watched in the heights um off somebody's camcorder and it was like Lin-Manuel Miranda in the lead role and Christopher Jackson in the lead role so you have those like characters in your head like already because that's also like the cast recording that you listen to online and so going in I was like okay this is going to be really hard because it's not like the people that I've been listening to doing these roles but Uh, They just nailed it. Like I thought Anthony Ramos was amazing. He, he did such a good job, not only acting, but like, he's got a great voice anyways. Like he's in the original Hamilton cast. Um, The two female leads that they had, who I had never seen before in anything, but they were awesome. Um, Just a very powerful movie. And it was very stylistic too. So just the way they took it from stage to on screen, um, some of those dancing sequences, some of those, you know, emotional song sequences were just really, really well well done. It's long. It's like more than two hours. It's like seeing the show, but um, you know, you could take a little intermission break in there and watch it in two parts, but very impressed with it. Um, I'm very sad. It's not doing as well as it should be in theaters right now, but you know, still pandemic. So I think it's a musicals are always just this own, its own breed. Like, I feel like I always bring this up and you guys make fun of me and it's probably not the all time biggest musical still, but I remember when high school musical three came out and they, that like made so much money probably because it's, yes, it's a musical, but it has such a big following and like kids can go, teenagers can go. I feel like musicals, I freaking love musicals and I agree with you, Sarah. Like I wish that this one in the Heights did so much better. I just feel like it's like the Tony awards. Nobody watches the Tony awards compared to like the Super Bowl, And Mm -hmm. it's just one of those things where I feel like as much as I love theater, I just feel like there's not like a huge, huge fall as much as I think the following should be for musicals. Um, but I don't know. I don't know why why musicals don't tend to do better. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know if it's like maybe all the people going to theaters right now are young people and young people aren't interested in musicals, maybe. I I don't know. It's I, I mean it was on HBO Max the same day, but that didn't seem to bother uh Conjuring Three or King Kong, you know. I mean the those things still did pretty well. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Maybe it's because it's long. Yeah, I mean, I, but I think it could, it's probably a musical thing. Like a lot of musicals just aren't that successful anymore in that way. But they um, are on stage. You know. And I think that's what's hard. It's yeah. like when you're watching a musical, like you want to see the people dance. You know, it's a spectacle to watch on stage. So it is it is really hard to like translate that to screen and still be good but like they did it in this movie like all those dance sequences and some of the songs that like on stage or like blow you away they look amazing on screen yeah so i wish people would give it a chance like obviously it's not the same as going to see it in person not being like in that theater surrounding too but like i mean this won tony awards it was huge like it was selling out every single night on broadway so like sure. why isn't it doing but be- you know like this is a pretty well-known beloved musical and also like you know has that diverse cast and speaks to like you know the the representation of a lot of 
Latinx people. Um, so you would think that they would want to see that on screen. I know that there's been some issues with it. Um, Manuel Miranda's taken some heat over, you know, the people that he cast, but you know, you're still, it's, it's representing a lot of people on screen. So I'm very sure. surprised that it's not, it's not doing better. I wish that maybe, it maybe, it'll, maybe it'll be something that word of mouth helps out. Cause if the, the reviews have been yeah. so good and if everybody is going into it and loving it maybe it'll be something that keeps doing okay I enough hope so. and just has some longevity i mean and this is a weird thing too like yes we are still in a pandemic people still aren't fully back in theaters yet but also when you're releasing it on on tv at the same time maybe if that wasn't a factor maybe you mm -hmm. just took the fact that it wasn't on tv out like the 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 actual like earnings would be better i, I mean yeah. yeah of course but because i would have probably seen it in the theater as opposed sure. to well yeah we're we're gonna try to see it um in a theater next week we've got some days off and maybe that's part of it too is that it's also maybe a little more family friendly a little bit and so when you think about the cost of like taking a whole family to see a movie versus mm -hmm. watching it at home uh, maybe that's part of it as opposed to something like obviously conjuring three you know yeah. if it's a date night movie or couples going or young people going who you know the the, the cost isn't as big to to see it in theaters and yeah, I don't know. It just, it always makes me sad when stuff like this happens because I feel like studios will focus so much on how much money it made. Yeah. Um, and then they'll stop doing this. And I, I want That's... to see musicals on screen. I want to see more of them being made. Like there's still so many, you know, awesome yeah. stage shows that should be films. And, right. you know, if they're just like, well, Thin the Heights didn't do very well. And, you know, whatever shows come out that didn't do very well, like they're going to, who says they'll they'll keep making them which sucks like i hope i hope that this isn't a deterrent for them to, to sure put because it really they did it well it's success it is it was sure. a success in my mind of taking a film from stage and putting it on a screen and yeah, that's the important like the box office shouldn't be the narrative but that's what always happens mm -hmm. when, a, when like, a oh yeah and the heights tank like that's all i'm hearing yeah it's all it's the only headline yeah, yeah. that i've heard Right. And it had Oscar buzz. Like before it was out, it was like, hey, this is going to be a big deal come Oscar season. And it still might. Yeah. But obviously, if the narrative has changed to, oh, it's a disappointment, it's not making money. Which sucks. Whatever, it shouldn't be that way. Then that's. I mean, we I mean, still yeah. do have like West Side Stories coming out um, in December. I know they're remaking um, uh, Little Shop of Horrors as well. So those are coming. Um, mm -hmm. But. Yeah, I was just about to say I, I would like to see how West Side Story compares uh, and the name Spielberg attached to it. I, I don't know if that's going to do any better. And because a lot of people are familiar with yeah. West Side Story, even older people. I mean, so maybe that is it changes things. But that's got a lot more going for it. It's Spielberg. It's also the holiday season and movies tend to do better in the holiday season. We'll also be further along in pandemic and people getting more comfortable going to the movies by then. Like that, that one's got a lot more going in its favor for sure. Yeah, you're not wrong. Is, uh, is, is uh, the Warner Brothers deal with HBO, was that a one year deal or was that like multi year? Like No, supposedly it's only supposed to be for this year, but that could change next year. Like if they realize maybe that, that it was success, a successful practice, then who knows? But that's what they said was that it was going to only be for the releases this year. Although I still feel like Dune keeps going back and forth. I feel like there's been a lot of fight over that one. And so now I'm, I can't remember what the last decision was on that one. If it was actually going to be a, um, a, a simultaneous release for that one or not, or if that one was only going to be theaters, but I don't know. Well, then the uh, Amazon, uh, MGM deal was kind of wild. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if we, we really haven't talked about that, but I assumed that that meant uh, No Time to Die would come to Amazon, but unfortunately, no. <laughs> uh, but I saw, I want to say it was the, uh, was it the screenwriter for Skyfall has been very vocal about how like this is a huge mistake and he's like really worried about the future of James Bond and I don't know. I, I I thought it was really strange because I'm familiar with uh, with MGM uh, being a Bond fan, but like I was looking at their stuff and I felt like their property isn't 
like as a whole doesn't seem that it should be valued as high as I think it's sold. They sold it for like nine mm. billion or something. I don't well, know. They've got like, you know, they've got bond, they've got the Rocky movies. They've got, uh, um, there's a lot of stuff. They, they, they referenced a lot of like, like they referenced Thelma and Louise as being IP, you know? So they've got a lot of stuff in there, like a lot more than maybe we realize. And I think there's some like old, old, like um, older classics that are going to be in there that weren't sold off. Um, so I think, uh, you know, Amazon's been pretty good about still putting movies in theaters and then they just come to Amazon prime a little bit later, but yeah, I, that would have been kind of a bummer if bond had been delayed all this time. And then Amazon was just like, well, we bought it and now it's going to be here, but it, you know, it's good that it'll be in theater still. And I'm, they might do like spinoffs of, of uh, bond now, like more spinoffs or something. I, who knows? Who knows what they're going to do? I think my biggest pet peeve and I'm starting to see it more now and it like worries me for the future because I'm still like a physical media person um, mm -hmm. where I like to own the Blu-ray of a movie that I love and uh, I'm like so frustrated and like A24 no one probably even sees or cares what I say on Twitter about it but it's like almost every other day I'm like tweeting please put St. Maud out on blu-ray because it's a u it's a uk film uh so it's only region b on physical media and they won't put it in the u.s on physical media you can watch it on prime i believe but like that's it and it's like why can't movies be released it seems like more and more movies are not being released on physical media and they're just putting on streaming you know forms and it's like but what happens if my internet's out and I want to watch it. And then I want to. How often does that happen? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but you know, like I'm just an old school kind of guy, and I yeah. think everyone's like, I just I want people to have accessibility to everything. Like, I don't want them only to release movies like they used to, like only on Blu-ray physical media. I want people to have the option to do different things. And I know it's like a cost thing for studios and whatnot, saying like, okay, we're going to spend the money here on streaming and not on physical media. But I'm, I'm just a guy who thinks that, like, movies should be on both. Like, I, that's why I like HBO right now. It's like, give me Space Jam to watch at home if I want to, or if I want to go to the theaters and see it, um, then I can too. So that's just me. Yeah, that's, well, I mean, net, I, don't, I don't know how often Netflix puts out. I know some stuff that's really popular, I think they put out on DVD and some of their movies have gone to like the criterion collection and stuff, but I mean, it's just the way of the world, man. I mean, I'm with you. I, I like to, I like to buy and own movies too. And I'm also really bad about uh, like, I'll look around for a movie and like, Oh, it's not streaming. Well, I'll buy it. And then guess what? Like next month, here it is streaming now. <laughs> like I say I that, that, but at the same time, I'm like, I really like when I get a screener. So I'm like, Oh, I own this now, but I cannot tell you the last time I actually watched a screen, you know, like, most of the time it's online too. And I'll usually watch it online, even though I have physical copy, but I don't take them and rewatch them very often, hardly ever. Sure. You know, though, but it is, it, I mean, I, it is, I understand it's nice to have. I would not go buy them though. They're being sent to me, <sighs> you know, with my membership, but I don't think I would go out and buy any of those movies. If, yeah. But I, do well, like I guess, I, I, guess I, I, like I consider myself a collector. You could say it's a collector. Sure. It's a collection collecting. or whatever, and I've got a lot of. If you use them, great. That I, don't, you know. I I mean, I don't. I just don't want to be a collector that doesn't. I don't think I would want. I don't think I would do anything with them because if I have a DVD sitting on my shelf or if it's available on a streaming service, I'm not gonna go grab that DVD off my shelf and watch that as opposed to clicking play on my TV. Sure. I, yeah, the I, one thing I don't like about physical media is the the like worst decision ever was for someone to decide let's put previews on physical media stuff yeah, like, when am i ever going to like watch the previews from 10 years ago for a movie and say oh i want to watch that movie now no, like, i mean don't you just skip to the menu uh, anyways uh, i don't want to press the, the 10 seconds it takes me to keep pressing fast we're so spoiled just, or, I don't, I don't. yeah i mean it is annoying when you're like watching a show and it's like where's the skip intro button why is this not here? You have to sit through the 30 seconds of Friends intro. No, thank you. No, thanks. <laughs> no, thanks. Well, no I, thanks. Do, I do. 
I do like, and essentially, I know some movies do this, and they put like a library of special features, like maybe three. But I just got the uh, Blu-ray for this uh, stylist, uh, and we had the director Joe Gavargazian on our podcast. What it's probably two episodes ago now since we haven't <laughs> been in a while, but um, yeah, horror movie in Kansas City, and I wanted to own it. And the special features is insane on this. It's like small print on the back of the Blu-ray to fit everything that comes with this. And it's just cool to have something like that, where if I wanted to watch like in detail, the making of, or like the dark Knight, I think was one or the, the dark Knight rises. It was like eight hours. I want to say, or four hours of, of making, like, of? making of what? Yeah. It was long. And then Prometheus, I think was eight hours. Okay. And I have that, but one. I and love like, that oh. stuff. I would watch that. Yeah. And it's like, Yes, essentially, what, from what I've seen on a library, like on not on Netflix so much, but on HBO, I think they have like watch this featurette that's three minutes. But if they could load that up with all sorts of special features, like with Tenet, the Blu ray, I haven't still haven't watched it yet, but I think it's like an hour or two. I thought you watched that last week. I was going to, and then I didn't. You didn't? So. You even tweeted about it. Like, like I'm oh, watching no. Tenet. I know. You lied on Twitter? Ugh. I lied. I'm sorry. Wait, what did you watch instead? Nothing. Oh, okay. I was going to watch tonight, but then, yeah, did not. All right. Well, what? so what are we watching, guys? Let's let's have a little quick combo about that. What's, sure. Uh, what's on your TVs? What are you loving? What are you hating? Well, I mean, I, I watched Conjuring 3 yesterday. Um another new release. It was pretty good. It wasn't bad. It's like the worst of the three. Um, but, uh, mostly like I, I really like, they took it out of the haunted house thing. It's not a haunted house movie. It's outside of that. And so that was kind of cool. Um, it kept my attention just like the scares are kind of dull and you know, it is what it is. It's not terrible. This is a brand new movie, correct? Yes. It's like out in theaters as well. Yeah. Theaters, HBO max. Got it. Pretty good. Uh, or it's okay. Um, why did they release it now instead of October? I don't know, but I think it had been delayed. I think it was supposed to come out in October, hmm. um, maybe or last fall, and it was something that got delayed because of you know the pandemic. But they don't, they they don't want to compete with uh Halloween kills, yeah, yeah, could be. Um, yeah, Mythic Quest season two of Mythic Quest has been going great. on, good show. I'm, I'm, I'm on board, but love it. It's a great show. Is that the one with the puppets? No, no. What am I thinking of with the puppets? Like, Crank anchors. I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. What has puppets? Sounds like a nerd show. That, that's why. I, was I mean, it's about video games, but it's so much more than that. But like the premise is, it's a it's a video game company making a ship, making a game called Mythic Quest, and it's been amazing. Like they, like most of it is kind of like goofy. It's not sitcommy, but just like fun comedy. But then they've had a through three episodes that are kind of like one-off ones that have just been some of the best television that have just been very heartfelt and uh, cool backstory, backstory, (laughs) backstory. Yeah. Um, Well, that's, what's cool about the show is because some episodes, like I laugh harder than I've laughed on a show or movie mm -hmm. in forever. Like, but then, but then suddenly there's an episode that's really serious and heartfelt. Yeah. Yeah, And it's so good. Um, But the cast is really great. you know, big fan Rob McElhenney, of course, who I, mm-hmm. he's just, he thinks he's just kind of one of the, one of the greats. Um, but it's got, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's really great. And, and I'm really happy that Sarah's been watching it because it's one of those shows I keep telling people to watch. And part of it is because it's on Apple TV plus and so yeah. some, some friends that I've recommended it to who I know will like it. Don't have it. They're like, well, I don't want to get an Apple TV plus subscription. But anymore, so. They should, because I mean, for all mankind is on there. And that's one of the shows that I finished watching that we haven't talked about. And I loved it. It's so good. Apple right. TV has got some good content on there Ted too. La- Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is amazing. Um, I have really- some of their new shows that are coming out. Like Joseph Gordon-Levitt has a show that yeah. obviously I'm going to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, their 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 content they're putting out is good. It's quality over quantity with Apple because like yeah. I Jacob and I really really enjoyed that. Um, it seems like a servant I love yeah. on there. It does seem like every show, the morning show, for instance. Yep. I mean, everything that you watch on there is usually really good. There's some good stuff. 
a big library of of shows. Yeah, I mean, I think Apple TV is worth it for Ted Lasso, For All Mankind, and Mythic Quest alone. Like, those are some that'll keep you busy for a couple months. Go watch yeah. those. Get Apple TV for two months and watch those three shows, and you will thank me and Justin. <laughs> I, I also, uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, and then, of course, Loki has been going on. Yep. Loki's been. Did you watch season episode two? Sarah? I did. I don't know what's going on. I'm very confused. Yeah. I, I need to read about it to have somebody smarter than me explain it to me. Uh, but I still love it. I love Owen Wilson. I missed, Wilson. missed, missed, missed Owen Wilson on screen, um, any screen, whether it's big or little. Like he just, he just, uh, I don't know, something about watching that guy just makes makes me happy. He's just such a uh, fun actor, huh? Does he wow you? He wow. 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 <laughs> He's so good. And, and you know, and I was talking to my wife about this because she's been watching it with me. She was really confused last night, too. Although we also had uh, our five-year-old wasn't going to bed and what kept coming out. And so we'd have to pause it because um, she was being distracting. And then so it was like in the middle of a sentence or something. And we didn't want to have to keep rewinding because then it would have taken forever. Anyways, so we were also feeling a little confused in parts. But uh I was kind of telling her, like, I, I think Tom Hiddleston is great and the Loki character is kind of interesting, but I actually don't know if I like him as a lead. Yeah. But I'm very happy with, like, Owen Wilson. Like, anytime Owen Wilson's yeah. doing anything has been great. I agree. But, I mean, this show's kind of a lot of talking, too. It's kind yeah. of it's, almost every scene is Loki talking to somebody or, or yeah, Owen Wilson and Loki talking. I mean, it's, it's just a lot of, like, sit-down conversations. Yeah. And anytime you're dealing with a show with time travel you're going to be confused yeah. so i mean i'm not surprised it's going to probably take a little bit for me to understand what's going on but i'm enjoying the ride yeah it's been so. really fun um really happy with it let's see i don't know if there's any the only other movie i wanted to shout out i feel like it was on this podcast that we had a guest that told us about the movie streets of fire with diane lane and rick moranis it was probably sav i was gonna was say sav. i'm pretty sure that was sav yeah and it's on Netflix now, and it is incredible. It's like complete 80s cheese. Rick Moranis is playing like such a jerk, but he still looks like a mega nerd. Like he's like in a bow tie and glasses and, you know, but he's like like an all-time a-hole in the show. It is so much fun. It's like, it's so cheesy and it's very, uh, it's just, it's kind of ridiculous. But the mute, the soundtrack kicks ass, like, it is a lot of fun, and I highly recommend it. Streets of Fire on Netflix. Streets of Fire. It's from the 80s. Okay, I'm on it. Yeah. Watching it this weekend. Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe? Yeah. This is like, you know, 30 years ago, almost 30 years ago, Willem Dafoe. But it is, oh. or I guess, yeah, yeah. More than 30 years. Sorry, it's 1984. My bad math there. But it is like young Willem Dafoe. I'm on it's board. It's so good. I yeah, want to see it's this. so much fun. Chris, got anything? Uh... uh Thanks to Justin telling me that uh, he really enjoys Chucky. Um, I watched Child's Play. Uh, Was that I, your first time seeing it? Uh, my first time seeing it. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I, and I took the chance of uh, buying it on physical media. Uh-huh. As, as you do. As I do. And it was great. I had a blast. It was fun. I mean, that... I thought it was going to be so stupid because as a kid, I've seen some scenes and I'm like, why don't you just kick the doll and like, whatever. But yeah. like, it was, it was really fun. Cause uh, he has a knife most of the time. Right. Yeah, like, and it was just like, fun. like, I thought I was like, this movie looks great for being in the late eighties. Like they just really knew how to do uh, stuff that looked real with animatronics. And it was just, it's fun to see movies back then that were like that, as opposed to now it'd be like a digital Chucky and you know, like, okay, this is stupid. Uh, <laughs> well, like, uh, first of all, he was hard to kill. Right. And then second of all, he always had a weapon of some kind. So even if you did kick him, he didn't always, he came back. Yeah. It, it was really funny. Uh, not only did I love some of the scenes, but then the one where like, Chucky, when the mom figures out that like what's going on, and then she's like, "Talk to me, damn it," or whatever, and she's shaking him, and then all of a sudden he's just like starts cussing and saying, "Everyone, like, yeah. oh my gosh, this is crazy! Like, this is just fun." Um, so. It is. It is a lot of fun, and honestly, the the next couple sequels are still kind of fun. I mean, they're not very good, but like the third one takes place at a military school, which is just a weird idea in general. But, um, but uh, but yeah, I I, I dig those movies a lot. 
Um, I was always like, too scared. I could never watch them. Oh, really? Yeah, but, I had yeah. friends who, who... He is my uh, nightmare. Chucky is my, my nightmare. My mom had a doll, because she, she still kind of collects dolls, but my mom had a doll that was like orange-haired. Um, and I had a friend who like, he's like, seriously, he's like, if you could turn that thing around. Yeah. He's no, like, I, I can't even walk past I, it. I, I think I've said this on the podcast before. I had an American Girl doll. And like Chucky is like, if you say, Sarah, what were your fears when you were eight years old? Chucky, E.T., <laughs> Chucky. Like, it's just Chucky. I couldn't eat. Like, I was terrified of that. I don't think I even saw the movie, but just the previews of, I don't know what it was. I, we couldn't even walk into the video store because his movie cover was like right there where you walk in. Like, I had yeah. to duck for cover just to make it to the back wall where the new releases were when I was a kid. It was terrifying. So I had an American Girl doll and she had like a bed and I, that went in the closet every night, every night for years. This is not like a short term <laughs> thing. This is like eight to probably 15. And I had a bike chain that I would wrap around the closet doors so that thing couldn't come at me at night and kill me. <laughs> That's so crazy. She's it's still weird. in the closet. Like if you go to my parents' house, she's in the closet still. That's crazy. It's like doll, dolls never scared me. I don't. I don't know what what entirely. You know. Yeah. It, Just why, Chucky. Why not? But uh, why? I don't know why. Yeah. I don't remember seeing the whole movie. I remember maybe just the trailer. Maybe I saw bits and yeah. pieces on each. I don't know. It's scary. And that's another movie, by the way, where the franchise just gets so weird because Bride of Chucky is really fun, but it's so silly. And then yeah. Seed of Chucky is like steers into Sorry. the silly, and it's it's just so weird. And then uh, and then they did a couple of other like straight to video sequels that are then th those are okay. They try to take it back to the more okay. creepy slashery. But so wait, why was he so hard to kill? Like I mean, I know he's a demon or whatever, but well, no, he's like possessed. It's like he put he. The serial is a serial killer who puts his soul into the doll. That's right. Okay. Um, but I don't you, you can't kick him and yeah, off a building. But, I mean, yeah, but yeah. I mean he's a doll. I don't he doesn't like he he can like stitch himself back together or whatever. Like he can, you know. Right. The the ways that the different ways they kill him in the in the first three movies are kind of kind of fun. I guess he's more formidable of an opponent than one would think. Well, plus you underestimate him, right? It's a doll. Yeah. yeah. You, you know. Right. So that, I feel, was, that was. I feel like he's going to come and like around the corner. I see him right behind you. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm an adult woman and I still am kind of scared about that. <laughs> uh, so that was great. Same on. I really, really enjoyed it. As I kind of touched on, uh, I would like to own it, but you know, thanks for nothing, A24. So, um, but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's a slow burn of a film. Uh, this woman, she's like super religious and a uh, caretaker of this woman. And this woman has cancer. And then um, she basically like thinks she's this woman said, like, pray with me. And then this girl is so religious that she's like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm, I'm like a saint. Like, I'm I'm helping the Lord do his work. And then the last 20 minutes are just wild and like really pick up. Like I was kind of falling asleep and then all of a sudden I was like, Oh, what, what's going on? <laughs> and the ending is just great. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that. And I, I, again, I can go back and watch it on streaming. I would just like to own it. Um, add it to my little shelf that I have of some age 24 stuff. Um, that's why you want movies is because you have your little trophy shelf. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Friends Reunion was was great. It was uh, good as always, and then also um, Mayor of Easttown. Uh, love that show. Yeah, so I mean, I I feel like that's going to be the one to beat in the mini series because everyone's talking about it. Um, and Kate Winslet. I mean, every that whole cast was was awesome, but Kate Winslet was just, uh, I mean, just tremendous in that. Yeah, yeah she was, was great. good. The only one that I have to add is Hacks on HBO Max. Um, another Jean Smart. I mean, Jean Smart, she did Watchmen, she did Mare, and Hacks, I loved it. I thought it was really well done. So go just see it. just renewed for season two, right? It's about, huh? And just renewed for season two, I think. Yes, it just got a season two. Um, it's about an aging comedian. She's kind of like the Las Vegas act staple, and then they're, they 
decide uh, um, you can't do your show in Vegas anymore. So she hires like a young writer and it's like their relationship and working together. So I really liked it. And Shooter McGavin is in it. Shooter McGavin. Pew, pew. I don't know that guy's real name, but uh, I really like Christopher this. McDonald, right? Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, that was an enjoyable convo. Uh, guys, we will try to podcast uh, more regularly. We're, we're going back into our studio in August. So uh, hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll continue better quality podcasts. It's not bad now, but <laughs> definitely sounds better in our studio. So uh, for sure, we'll probably do a couple more podcasts in July, but expect uh, expect our return in August, full force. Yeah, we gotta we gotta find like a, a really really good topic. Like a, it's gonna be a big deal. Yeah, big podcast. Well, I'm like pretty sure we're going on like two three years podcast something. I don't know when our anniversary is. Maybe maybe four years. I don't know. No, can't be four. Be. I don't know. In my mind, like 2020 never happened. I always forget. Like, oh yeah, there was a whole year of me. <laughs> <laughs> what happened during that year? I don't even know. Yeah. I don't count it in my life. Um, all right. <laughs> That's all we got. Thanks for listening. Yay. See you next time. Bye-bye.